0: Welcome to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vanden and I am honored to be your host each and every week. This is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, that allows me to connect with women in the online space. You can learn more about me and my ministry at www.sherisesmn.org, or simply tap the link in the show notes. But for now, let's dive into this week's episode. Well, alrighty, ladies, welcome back to the show. Yes, I am dropping episodes a little bit more frequently. Uh, that'll just be for a couple of weeks, but I have a big announcement coming here just uh, in the first part of July. So I'm excited about that. Uh, but it kind of required me to drop some pre recorded episodes. A little bit more frequently than just the um, typical once a week on Wednesday. So nonetheless, I hope that you are doing well. I hope that you're having a fantastic week. I hope that you're enjoying summer. Just really great outside. I love seeing all of my flowers blooming. Um, I am a summer girl through and through. So this summer gal, my happy place is the garden. I also find my happy place in in my kayak floating across the lake but yeah just really love seeing my garden in full bloom but welcome back like i said to the show this is relationships part four In this episode, we're going to cover rebuilding trust. So I think I've mentioned (laughs) in the last two episodes that I was going to get to this topic in our relationship series. But nonetheless, it is taking me this long to get to this area, this topic on relationships. And I, I try to keep these episodes right around 30 minutes. For a couple of reasons, but I I really felt like rebuilding trust, it just really warrants taking our time and just kind of going through this in, in a way that really honors the complexity of rebuilding trust, because many of us, myself included, we have had experiences in In relationships where our trust has been broken, our trust has been taken for granted, and mistrust has been something that has been really difficult to overcome. I want to take our time in going through this topic on rebuilding trust so that you can be surrounded by a healthy community. I actually talk about this in an entire chapter of my third book, Her Heart is Free, Rising, Healed, and Whole. Because I I just really felt like it was not only a big part of my own story, but I know that after 21 years of ministry and sitting with women, that they too have really gone through a lot of things in this area uh, of their lives. And so I dedicated a, a great deal of my book to rebuilding trust. If you have not gotten that book, just a kind of a shameless plug, you can find that on my website by clicking the link in the show notes. But free shipping, by the way, and I always include just a fun little gift in there. But that that book is my testimony and about how the Lord has healed me and set me free. Yes, he loved me right where he found me, which I will be forever grateful. But you know what? Even more than that, he loved me enough not to leave me where he found me. When I came to faith in Christ in my early 20s, I, I was really broken and carrying a lot of baggage. I was carrying a lot of deeply seated wounds, many of them I I talk about in, in that book, things that had happened in my life that resulted in me being a people pleaser. I had a deep wound of rejection, abandonment, and just never feeling lovable, never feeling quite enough. And yet the Lord like just healed me and he set me free from those wounds and so i write about that in that book and it it wasn't an overnight thing it wasn't you know a drive through type process i i think i even put in the book somewhere And if I didn't, I will go on record and say it here. I don't believe that there is a drive-through breakthrough. I I do believe that it's a process and it's a really putting one foot in front of the other. It It can be really uncomfortable. It can be hard and challenging. I don't think that that kind of breakthrough and healing and freedom feels warm and fuzzy. But you know what? It's worth it. It is worth it on the other side. And sitting here today, I can say in many ways, it gutted me. (laughs) It was very uncomfortable. I shed a lot of tears. But sitting here today, I'm grateful. I am grateful that the Lord didn't leave me where he found me. Uh, So anyway, it's important to understand when we think about rebuilding trust. It's important to understand, I think, the difference between offering our best self and our whole self to others. I want to start there because I think that sometimes the lines can get a little blurred. So I just want to unpack those two things in a very simple and less complicated way that allows us to kind of begin to wrap our minds around that and begin to apply that to our lives. So when you think about offering your best self, People, regardless of how well we know them, whether we like them or not, agree with them and how they live their lives, should see us giving our best selves. Putting our best foot forward, we're kind, we're loving because we know that we are a witness even when we're not necessarily using words. So we understand that that kind of encompasses and is a simple definition of offering our best self. Whereas offering our whole self is understanding that not everyone should have equal access to our heart. That isn't wise, nor is it healthy. In Matthew's gospel, chapter seven, verse six, Jesus says, do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. I want to highlight a word that Jesus uses, and that is the word pearls. I think it's very interesting that he uses that word. I mean, why not diamonds? Why not sapphires? Why not rubies? Why not emeralds? You know, there's this place of really understanding that serves our faith well when we when we really understand that everything in the Bible which is absolute truth from Genesis to Revelation is in there for a reason. God wasn't just trying to fill up pages, putting just black letters on a white sheet of paper. He was intentional and and purposeful in everything that is contained in the Word of God. And so when we understand that and we see that Jesus uses the word pearls, that really stands out to me. It's been said that in ancient Rome, Pearls were one of the most popular symbols of wealth. With that, it has also been said that in 1 BC before Christ, Julius Caesar created a law that banned anyone below the ruling class from wearing them. Naturally speaking, pearls are often seen as a timeless and classy piece of jewelry that women wear. On the Mohs scale of hardness, a scale that measures the hardness of gems and minerals, it ranks pearls at 2 out of 10. A rate of 10 means hard to scratch and most durable. Pearls are mentioned in Revelation chapter 21 as part of what is called the New Jerusalem. It is used to describe the 12 gates in verse 21 Jesus also compared the kingdom to pearls in Matthew chapter 13, verses 45 and 46. So obviously, God is trying to get our attention by, the, by using the word pearls. How can we apply this to our teaching then? You have been purchased at a price. The precious blood of Jesus You have a value that cannot be measured by the things in this world. At the same time, it isn't wise to cast yourself into things unwisely. As it relates to relationships, it is important to develop trust with others before allowing access to the pearls of our heart. So as we begin to transition into the remainder of our time together in this episode, I want to help you begin to understand that your value, your worth, who you are as a daughter of the King of Kings, the places of your heart, I want to help you begin to understand and look at them and refer to them as pearls. They are precious pearls. And it's important for you to really begin to adopt that mindset in thinking that I am a pearl, my value and my worth and the places of my heart, they are pearls. And I need to maybe raise the standard and begin to reconsider where I'm casting my pearls. Sometimes I think that when we think about mistrust and we think about engaging again in conversation, engaging again and putting ourselves out there in relationships. I don't know about you, but when I was dealing with and just walking through just some areas of mistrust in my own life, I I think that I I wanted people In my life, it wasn't that I wanted to be a lone ranger in my life and never have a friend, right? Never have an inner circle, but mistrust was kind of ruling the day. And I think that if mistrust exists, we keep people at arm's length. We may want people in our lives, but if mistrust exists, We tend to keep them at arm's length. This can be self-sabotaging because often the Lord wants to bring healthy relationships into our lives. But because we are carrying mistrust, we don't even give people a chance. Have you ever been there? I know that I have. I'm talking to you in this episode from things in my own life things that the lord has helped me to be able to process through so this is like taken from my own life and I think about the cycle that i talk about in my book her heart is free where if if you if we are a people pleaser we will we will do everything that we can to please people because if we if we don't please people we fear rejection and if we're rejected then that reinforces the narrative of abandonment and people always walk out on me. And if I'm rejected, then I fear that you'll change your mind about me and not want to be a part of my life. And if you walk out of my life and you change your mind about me, then that reinforces the narrative that I was never good enough for you to stay. So we repeat the cycle. We please people so that we're not rejected because if we're rejected, they'll walk out of our lives and that reinforces the message in our heart that we were never good enough for you to say. So around and around and around we go, and it just becomes this cycle that we live in in our everyday lives. Only Jesus has provided an exit ramp off of that cycle, and you can can begin to find that exit ramp off of that as we begin to sit with the Lord and allow Him through His Holy Spirit to begin to process through some of these things that have resulted in those deeply seated wounds. Breakups and fractured relationships. They're hard, right? Breakups and fractured relationships are hard. We hold on to the idea of what we had hoped and wanted the relationship to be, but they weren't as vested in it as we were. And I think that right there, man, I don't know about you, but when I really came to realize and really began to understand and stop making it stopped making excuses for people, but I really began to understand. And I don't know, I guess at a lack of better words, embrace the truth that they just simply weren't as vested in the relationship I was. I mean, gulp. (laughs) That is some truth right there. But you know what? the truth will begin to set us free when we when we allow it into our lives. Breakups and fractured relationships can also be hard because your trust has been taken for granted. I remember many, many years ago, kind of newer in my faith, I would say, I was a part of a small group with, I, I don't know, there were probably like five or six of us in, in this small group. And we were, you know, we had been meeting for several months up to this point and we were really getting to know one another. We were beginning to Open up and share. And by this time, we had really kind of known one another pretty well. We were sharing our hearts. We were sharing our disappointments, our fears, our doubts, different challenges. We were sharing our hopes and our dreams. And, and we were even rejoicing with one another when God would answer prayer or just different things that we would be celebrating in one another's lives. And I remember on one particular A day that we were together, we met uh, once a month. And of course we stayed in contact, you know, outside of that as well, but for sure meeting in person once, once a month. And I remember one particular time that we were together, I shared something deeply personal and private because I thought that I trusted these people. I felt like I could trust them because I had been, I had been with these people for several months now and we were like really kind of opening up and and i felt like that this would be a safe place to be able to do that and i remember that one of the women in that in that small group she shared what i had shared um, that personal information she shared that with someone outside of that group and it got back to me I will never forget how exposed I felt. I will never forget how humiliated I was, how embarrassed I was. And again, just, I just feel like exposed was really, it is just really a really great way to describe that because I felt like I could trust this small group, this small group, these women that I had been doing life with. And now that information was shared outside of that. And of course, then that leads to that leads to thinking, then where else is it going to go from there? Right. Because I don't know that person that you share that information with. And so I don't know. I I don't know if I can um, now I can't trust you and I definitely don't trust her because I don't know her. And so who was she going to share that with? And I just, you know, really began to envision just this like snowball thing. That information was just going to be front page news every, everywhere. And I'll never forget, I never opened up in that small group again. And I started to keep definitely her, but other people in that small group at arm's length. and. That was definitely I don't think that that was that was the place where the root of mistrust began. It began as a small child, actually, but it just really reinforced I can't trust people. And so I need to keep people at arm's length and definitely, you know, fast forward to present day. I have seen that even in my current life where people want to do life with me, they want to be close to me, they want to be a part of she rises and because of, you know, how the Lord has helped me in this area and some things that I'm going to, you know, help you with in this episode and some things that the God has helped me with, I a little bit more wise and a little bit more cautious and definitely a little bit more guarded in casting my pearl and opening up my life and definitely opening up my ministry to just anybody who says that they want to be on board because, you know, it's just unwise. And And so oftentimes, if you just kind of wait, you can see people's motives and why they want to all of a sudden be a part of, of what God is doing in your life and in your ministry. But here's the thing that, that I have had to learn and I want to encourage you in, um, right away is isolation is not healthy and it is not God's will for you. It is not his best for you. It is not his heart for you. Healthy boundaries are God's heart for you, is God's heart for you, is his best for you, is, is his heart for you. Healthy boundaries. And I think that it's also important to understand that healing doesn't happen in isolation. So let me explain that. When I started, just, you know, I could see I was keeping people at arm's length and I felt like, Ugh, I don't trust anybody. I can't trust anybody. I'm not going to let anybody in. You know what? The Lord brought someone into my life that really began to prove that she was trustworthy. And it was that individual that walked with me on um, my own healing journey and really held space for me and allowed me to process what the Lord was wanting to heal and bring freedom into my life. And so I needed to let someone in, someone who was really beginning to show that they were trustworthy. And so it was just that one person and she walked with me for several months because again, I was a really broken person carrying deeply seated wounds. And so it took me a while, but you know what? She, she stood by me. She came alongside me and she did prove herself to be trustworthy. And still to this day, that healing journey was so many years ago, but still to this day, she is still someone that I consider very very trustworthy. I want to repeat a couple of scripture verses that I shared in a previous episode in this series. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, iron sharpens iron. Are those you're spending the majority of your time with sharpening you? In other words, are they bringing the best out in you? Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 20, walk with the wise and you will become wise we surround ourselves with matters, often because we're filtering relationships through wounds. We settle for anyone out of two reasons mainly. We aren't making decisions that reflect our value and worth in God, or we are unable to, due to deep desire for connection, determine who is healthy, wise, and good for us. Uh, I talk about that in, I believe it's The part two in this relationship series, your inner circle, I kind of unpack that a little bit more. So make sure that you go back and listen to that or listen to it again if you need to. But I want to encourage you as we as we think about offering our whole selves to people, don't change being a good person. Even if you are walking through some of your own healing and freedom in mistrust and being willing to kind of put yourself out there again, don't change being a good person. Instead, change who you give your whole self to. Not everyone had equal access to Jesus. He loved and valued everyone without strings. But if you look at his earthly ministry in the four gospels, He didn't allow everyone to have equal access to him. The pain of loneliness allowed me to appreciate and value the friendship of God above any other relationship. And that was something that was needed. It was necessary in my life because I was elevating and positioning people and certain relationships in my life as more importance and more value than God. And I had to learn that God and God alone is only reserved for that, for that place in my life. He is the priority. He is the number one relationship in my life. And I, I think that understanding that when our relationship with the Lord is healthy, everything, everything flows out of that relationship. It filters down and affects every other area of our lives, including our earthly relationships. Having the wrong people around us can keep us stuck and from making forward progress. When we say things like, I will never let anyone be close to me. I will never trust anyone again. No one is trustworthy. All people do is hurt me, so I am better off alone. That mindset will keep us stuck and from making forward progress. And sister, living stuck is not your destiny. Let me say that again. Living stuck is not your destiny. This is why it's important for us to heal from past wounds that resulted from unhealthy relationships in earthly relationships results in keeping us repeating that cycle that I talked about earlier. People pleasing, rejection, abandonment, and never, never quite enough. Heal from past wounds that resulted from unhealthy earthly relationships and force us to keep repeating the same the same things that aren't good for us and is not God's best for us. Again, living stuff is not your destiny. When we look at Matthew's gospel, chapter 11, Jesus said, and I want to say maybe this is the message translation. He, he said, watch me. Watch me how and, and learn from how I do it. So when we, when we look at Jesus's earthly ministry and how he modeled this, even in his own life, we see in John chapter six, verses 60 through 68 that some of his followers turned and walked away from him. And he asked the disciples if they too wanted to leave, to which Peter rightly answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? For you alone have the words of eternal life. Jesus experienced people changing their minds about him and walking away. Again, we see from his example that he didn't allow that to question who he was or why he was on the earth. And I just want to pause there because that really right there shows us and reinforces the importance for you and I to really become completely secure in number one, to whom we belong. And number two, our identity in Christ, the position that we have in Jesus Christ. And when we really begin to be secure in that, man, I tell you, it just affects every single area of our lives. Jesus wasn't everyone's cup of tea. People supported him up until he started stepping out and obeying God in the plans that God had for him. Another, another example is found in the book of Genesis with a, with a young man named Joseph. The moment he began to dream big, his relationships changed small mindsets are deadly to big dreams. And just the the God-given potential that is lying on the inside of you will cause some relationships to just simply organically dissolve. But listen, when we look at Jesus's earthly example and how he modeled this for us, when people began to change their minds about him, we don't see him chasing people. We don't see him clinging to people and begging them to stay. You don't have to change who you are to make people like you and stay in your life. You know what? That's a reflection on them, not on you. Again, we're going to unpack that here a little bit more in just a in just a few minutes. But Jesus couldn't make people want him, and you know what? We can't either. And that I think is going to set start setting someone free right now, someone listening to this episode. You need to hear You can't make people change. You can't make people love you. You can't make people accept you. You can't make people approve of you. You can't make people want to be a part of your life. Because sometimes when we are healing and we are moving on with with the Lord, um, he's doing a great work on the inside of our uh, inside of our hearts and in our lives. And we are just deciding to go all in. We're letting go of, of toxic things, things that don't serve our faith well, things that don't serve God's best in our lives. We're reaching higher in our faith. Listen, sometimes Relationships change because people that are no longer good for us, they can only relate to broken you. They can only relate to immature you. They can only relate to insecure you. If you're hanging on to a toxic relationship that you can change them, remember that no one is that powerful. That's the Holy Spirit's job. He is in the business of changing people. So take the weight of that responsibility off of your shoulders because the Lord has not given you that responsibility. And sometimes people don't change because, again, they don't have to with you. They don't value and they don't respect you. In the book that I wrote, Her Heart is Free, I use the example of riding a bus. And at bus stops, people are either getting on or they're exiting because they've reached their destination. When you think about relationships and you and you begin to think about maybe maybe for you you're listening and mistrust exists in your life because you've seen just some people exiting out of your life or maybe changing their minds, or maybe maybe you really liked that relationship, but it's just not there anymore. Sometimes relationships change because it's it's just something referred to as like seasonal. In other words, like changes in normal life, such as moving to a new town, starting a new job, getting married, becoming a mom, caring for an elderly parent, or maybe you just uh, started some lifestyle changes. And, and so, you know, relationships change simply because of that, simply just everyday life things you know it isn't anything bad that that happened there's no tea to be spilled there's no drama it's just because of some of those everyday life type things like m- newly married a new mom starting a new job you moved just some of some things just change in your life like maybe the changes in what you value have changed maybe where you feel like you you have the capacity to give your time to has changed maybe you're in a busy season of adjusting and and adapting to being a new mom or spending time with your new spouse or you're doing a little bit more in caring for an elderly parent those values can be tied to some of the seasonal changes and they begin to take shape as your values just simply change. It isn't that that you don't like the person or that the person didn't like you and that they don't want to be in a relationship with you. Sometimes they just had changes. Sometimes you just had changes. Again, if mistrust exists, we will filter that through an unhealed wound. And so that's why it's important that we heal from things so that we don't Continue to filter things through past experiences in earthly relationships. Two big truths that apply to our lives is one God will never walk out on us, and only He knows who should be in our lives and at what time. A few other things that have helped me in relationships is keep expectations realistic. If you have not taken advantage of that free resource that I offered, I think it was either the episode uh, before this one or maybe two episodes again, regardless, it doesn't matter. I created a free resource for you. You can find it by clicking the link in the show notes and going to my website on the resources tab. Click that and you'll see free resources that are that are downloadable for you to take advantage of. You can print off as many as you want. But in this relationship series, I created a free resource for you in in an effort to help you keep your expectations realistic as it as it relates to relationships. Another thing that has helped me is I keep things uncomplicated. And I think that, you know, looking back in my earlier days, I really needed to learn these two things, keeping expectations realistic and keeping things uncomplicated because I was I, I was expecting things from people That they simply were incapable of giving to me or they just, I don't know, like for whatever reason, they didn't see it as necessary or whatever that whatever the thing was. And I, I was constantly getting hurt. I was constantly offended. I was constantly resentful toward these people. But the Lord had to had to begin to teach me to keep expectations realistic, and to keep things uncomplicated. And so that free resource, that came out of my own life. And so I hope that you find some value in that. And here's where boundaries are key, not only for others, but having clear boundaries for yourself. Because without boundaries, we are unable to establish where we end and another begins. So I want to take a little bit closer look at at our relationships and really begin to unpack keeping expectations realistic so that you can maybe begin to release people from unrealistic expectations or release people from expectations that for whatever reason, they're just. They're just not giving to you. So when you, break, when you break down the relationships in our lives, we can break them down in three different ways, a chapter, a book, or a lifetime. So when we look at chapter, of course we know that a chapter doesn't make up an entire book. It has a part of it, but a book isn't made up of just one chapter. The people in this group might include seasonal friends, those friends that we already covered just a couple of minutes ago. Sometimes people are in our lives for a short time. It might be because they served a purpose in your life or vice versa. For example, maybe God brought someone into your life as a help or a guide as you walk through a difficult season. Once the season ended, the relationship just sort of faded. It's important to frame this as God bringing people to walk alongside us at specific times because he loves you, because he cares about you. For example, this could be like a mentor or a counselor. Isn't that amazing that God would love us enough to bring someone into our life in a difficult season to walk us through that difficult season and maybe vice versa? This goes both ways. Not everyone that, quote unquote, leaves is against you. (laughs) Let's let's again, let's heal from past wounds so that we no longer filter it through that. Some have simply fulfilled their assignment in your life. Knowing the difference and allowing God's truth to lead you will keep you from bitterness, resentment, and becoming stuck. Sometimes you were in a person's life for that reason, and once the season passes, the relationship just fades again. Nothing bad happened. It just isn't there anymore, <laughs> and that's okay. But if we continue to frame these relationships as, I can't trust anyone, everyone walks out on me, that keeps us stuck. This is also where it's important to be aware of any people-pleaser tendencies or someone with a hospitality gift or gifted in serving others because people-pleasers often feel like every need is their responsibility to fix and it's not. Asking ourselves, is this an unrealistic expectation that I'm placing upon myself. God, what do you want me to do here? What what are you asking of me? Are you simply wanting me to pray for that person or are you wanting me to be a part of that person's life? It's important that we understand what God is expecting and what God is asking of us. Okay, number two, The book, if we break this down into the book category, there are relationships that are in our lives longer than those we reviewed in the previous category chapter. These can be mentors, counselors, coworkers, as well as friends. All right, number three, lifetime. These are the ones that you are in the long haul with. It's important to remember that while we often hear the term find your tribe and love them well, In reality, one's tribe usually isn't made up of several people. Realistically, it's more like two to five. So. Can I humbly encourage you again to go and listen to your inner circle in this relationship series? Jesus had 12 disciples, but seemed to bring three of those disciples into a more intimate conversation and places with him, Peter, James, and John. I break that down a little bit more in that episode of your inner circle. So when we think about starting again, putting ourselves back out there, I have seven um, just very practical tips that the Lord has helped me in putting myself back out there and overcoming mistrust that I want to give to you. I'm going to run through these kind of quick, but there's there's seven just very practical that are going to be, I don't know, just I don't know if easy is the right word, but How about uncomplicated for you to begin to apply to your life? Number one, if you think about dating, for example, um, if you have that uh, if you have that understanding in your mind when you go out on a date. So remember, if you're married listening and you started dating your now spouse or maybe you are single and you have been on a date you understand that when you go on your first date you're not giving your whole self to this person or at least you shouldn't be right you are you are just kind of getting to know one another you're sort of testing the waters you're maybe just sharing a little bit about yourself things like you know when they say so tell me a little bit about yourself you're giving just sort of generic type information. Oh, I was raised in Southern Minnesota. I have a sister. My parents still live in Southern Minnesota. Um, I moved to the city's area a few years ago. I went to college for, you know, just kind of basic general type information. You're giving a little bit of yourself to see what they do, what that information, how they carry that. Then, if you feel like, "Mm, I could maybe go on a second date or a third date, you're giving a little bit more of yourself, a little bit more information about you. This is wisdom. Remember, there's a difference between guarding your heart and walling yourself off. This is talking about guarding yourself. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 Guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. Again, I refer back to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7, verse 6. Don't cast your pearl. Don't cast your pearl. It's wisdom, because you haven't established that kind of relationship with that person that you are either dating or this new girlfriend that maybe eventually could be a really great friend that you're going to begin to do life with, but you don't know her yet and she hasn't earned your trust and so it's important to exercise wisdom in just kind of giving a little bit of yourself into that that conversation and getting to know that person and then see how see how they how they respond to that information are they genuinely interested in what you are sharing or are they looking around are they looking at their phone do they seem bored or are they genuinely interested are they engaged aging in conversation pay attention to that not everyone can be trusted to hold the special and tender places of your heart you know what not everyone in my life has equal access to me and my heart not everyone gets to hear my heart on what i feel god is speaking to me and doing in my life why because they have not proven themselves to be trustworthy and hold a special place for my heart Because I have boundaries. I have boundaries for myself and to whom I'm going to cast my pearl. Again, remember your pearls, your value and your worth in the places of your heart. And I have not established that type of relationship with that person. They haven't earned my trust. Number two. Listen to how that person is talking. What words do they use when talking about others, themselves, and anything else that you hold valuable yourself? Number three, observation. Go into this with eyes wide open. How do they interact with others? Do they seem inclusive of other people? Are they in other words like let's say it's it's you and another person and someone else comes up and and they maybe want to sit down for a couple of minutes or maybe they you know are like they're kind of walking by you're having coffee with someone and they're kind of walking by they know that individual and so they stop to say hi how are they? How do they treat that person? Let's say maybe you're in a group of people like five or six people, you know, you know, most of the people that you're with, but you are just getting to know the uh, the other one or a couple of the other people in the group. And other people maybe want to kind of come up and they want to join the conversation or just kind of sit for a couple of minutes. Are you observing them, including them and welcoming them and engaging them? Or are they kind of blowing them them off and dismissing them. That is really powerful and that will tell you a lot. It'll tell you a lot about that person and if you can trust that person and if that is someone that you feel like I could let in a little bit more. Number four, remember there's a difference in doing life with people and doing things with people. For example, coworkers or maybe the moms group that you are a part of you might share similar schedules they're they're friendly but there's not necessarily any common commonality in your values. Again, let's say a mom's group, you might you might even agree to go to McDonald's and get, get ice cream or even grab lunch and let your kids play at the indoor play area there. But they're not necessarily someone that you would let into your life because they haven't earned your trust. They're not that kind of relationship. You're doing things with people. Um, you're not doing life with people. Those are two different things. Number five, stop hurting your own heart by putting it out there to people who don't support you, okay? And so when we when we keep putting our pearl out there and we understand that that person just constantly is unsupportive and critical and dismissive, well, why do we keep putting that out there. We're repeating a cycle that we know is not going to end well. Number six, stop looking for support from people who clearly don't want you at their table. Instead, build your own table. If you feel like you are constantly having to wiggle your way into a group of women, you know, you're trying to kind of find your place and you're like, trying to make your own. You know what? That might not be the group for you. And I'm going to probably say it probably isn't because if they're not welcoming you, they're not embracing you, they're not making space for you. Maybe it's time for you to build your own table and to begin to look for women who are also looking for a place to be invited to and invite them to sit at your table. Begin to create your own community out of the need that you have to be in community. Instead of always waiting for the invite, maybe God is calling you to build the table and extend the invitations. Number seven, stop ignoring that check in your spirit. Lean in and listen to it. It's there for a reason. If you are, you know, kind of beginning to possibly see if this person, you're getting to know someone, you're, you know, kind of, again, that dating aspect. Okay, you're kind of putting yourself out there, but there's something that just feels off about that person and you just can't really maybe even put your finger on it, but something just doesn't feel right. Listen to that because the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. Lean into that. Don't dismiss it. Don't cover it up. Don't ignore it. Listen to it. Lean into it and listen to it because chances are he sees something and he knows something that you haven't seen and that you haven't realized. And so trust that. Be friendly with that person, of course. Um, we're not you know just going to blow them off, but be friendly. Just decide and understand and resolve on the inside of you. For whatever reason, this person cannot be in my inner circle. All right. Be willing to start again because you were created for community. You have to be willing to try again. By utilizing the steps that we covered, you can begin to create community. And again heal from whatever has resulted in any hesitancy to trust again so if their answer is no don't you don't personalize it against you you maybe are trying to establish a relationship with someone and they just maybe aren't interested when you heal when you heal from your experiences in an unhealthy relationship that resulted in mistrust in your life you won't you won't personalize that and filter it through that. Again, you know what? Let's let's just release people from our expectations. It could simply be nothing about you. It has nothing to do with you. Maybe they are just simply in a busy season and they just don't have the bandwidth right now to go out for coffee or to go out for lunch. Oftentimes, because we are not a part of another person's inner circle yet, we don't know what they're going through. We don't know what they're walking through. Also remember, don't answer for people. Don't assume that they're going to say no. That's self-sabotage and it's connected to rejection. So extend the invitation. But And don't answer for them. But remember, if they say no, you know, it's just not going to work for me right now. Can can you be a person? Can you commit to being a person that you won't filter that through unhealthy relationships that you've had in the past because you are going to be committed to being a healed person from mistrust and you're not going to filter their no, not right now, through an unhealthy narrative? I want to also just give a quick plug for, um, for anyone looking for a mentor. To understand that when you are looking for a mentor, you're looking for someone who has grown in the area or the areas you want to grow in. Use the points that I mentioned as a guide in reaching out to a mentor. So I'm thinking about, and I wanted to include this in this episode as we're wrapping this up, because oftentimes we're we're maybe like, I just feel like I I recognize that this is an area that I need help in. I recognize that this is an area that I need to grow in and I need someone Susan like you mentioned, someone that you that you let into your life to help you walk through your own healing journey. Remember when I mentioned that? So if you are looking for someone I want, I want to encourage you that you're looking for someone who has grown in the area or areas that you want to grow in. Use the points that I mentioned as a guide in reaching out to that person. Remember, the chances are they are busy and have full schedules. So I want to encourage you, respect their time. If they're willing to meet with you, come prepared with questions and what you want to grow in. Know a mentor and mentee relationship can develop into a friendship, a lifelong friendship. There is so much potential and possibility in that type of relationship, but remember what their role is and what yours is. A mentee always seeks out the mentor. The mentor should not be chasing the mentee around. Be willing to listen and be teachable because remember, you reached out to that person for a reason. All right. Ooh, that was a lot. We had a lot to unpack. I believe that this added value to you. I hope that you feel spurred on and I hope that you feel seen and known and valued and that this helps you to begin to understand that your value, your worth, what you bring to a relationship is like a precious pearl. Amen. All right. Love you. And I'll catch you right back here next time. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It was great connecting with you. Hey, would you do me a quick favor that would mean the world to me? Would you go ahead and leave a few stars and a review or even a comment? It not only means so much to me, but in the online space and the podcasting world, the more stars, reviews, and comments that a podcast receives, The further the reach. It ranks up a little bit higher in Google searches, which then results in reaching more women with this amazing content. So if you are blessed and enjoying, you know, just the content that you are hearing here on the podcast, would you go ahead and leave a few stars, a review, and some comments? It means the world to me. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you right back here, same place, same time, next week.